Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. What a powerful word of encouragement. But in chapter 2 of Acts, in verse 37, watch, there were some people that were there and they were watching what was happening. And maybe just like today, many are watching, like, what's going on here today? Verse 37 of Acts chapter 2 says, When they had heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? They said, man, what, what shall we do to get the Holy Ghost to work in our life like that? Man, I want, I want beauty for my ashes. I, I want God to do miracles in my life. I don't really have a hand that's hurting me, but I got a marriage that's hurting me. I got a relationship that's hurting me. I got all kind of problems going on in my life. How do I get the Holy Ghost? How do I get the Spirit of God into my life? Does that make sense to you today? That's what's happening here. Look what Peter said. Peter said in verse 38, this is how you host the Holy Ghost. Peter said, number one, repent. Everybody say repent. Repent. Uh Uh-oh, look at there. He says, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promise is to you. Everyone say, that's me. And to your children. If you've got your kids with you, look at them and say, that's for you. If they're downstairs, roll out. That's for you. He said, that's for you. Look, it's for me. It's for you. Watch this. And to who? All who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. And those who gladly received his word, they were baptized. And in that day, about 3,000 people were added to the church. And verse 42 is very important. And they continued. Everybody say continue. Tell the person next to you, say don't stop. That's what he's saying. Don't stop. But they continued steadfastly in the apostles' teaching and fellowship and the breaking of bread and of prayers. Thank you, Lord, for your word. I bless our time together for the next few minutes. Pray you continue to move, continue to have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated if you're not already. Go ahead and be seated today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How to host the Holy Ghost. Um, just been amazing what God has been doing in, in our lives and at church. And it's, it's almost like we can take one whole service and just tell you what's been going on to kind of bring you up to speed of, of the miracles and the things that's, that's happening. Uh, i got some friends of mine, uh, another brother of mine. How many enjoyed Life Challenge last week? Wasn't that awesome at the picnic? How many were at the picnic last week? I had almost 300 out there after the storm come through here on Saturday. Thank you for cooking. Uh, you guys did stand. You guys did awesome barbecue. And Mark, and if he's here, you guys did awesome. But we had Detroit Life Challenge with us. And if you don't know what that is, that's a ministry that helps people struggling with substance abuse of any kind, any kind of addiction. I mean, we learned last week that we're all sinners, we're all broken, and we all got things that we're, that we're trying to get free from. Say amen. amen. If you were here at that service, you're like, oh, yeah, amen. He brought it. I mean, pre- appreciate Pastor Jeff bringing a word like that. Just brought it right down to where we are. But then he didn't leave us there, and that's how God is. He, he shows us how broken and messed up we are, but he don't leave us there. He brings us hope and says, hey, man, I can fix your life if you just let me have my way in your life. And so last week we heard those testimonies, 
And uh, today we got one of my best friends from back in the day. God's just bringing some friends into our lives. It's so awesome to have LaDon here. But we also got a young man who's been through Life Challenge, who's now on fire for God. I went down last fall and married him and his beautiful wife, Melissa. They're with us today from Chicago. Come on, welcome Jeremy and Melissa. Amen. Come on. God set this brother free. Amen. He's got his family with us today. And uh, man, God, talk about sharing your story. I almost was going to say, can you share it in two minutes? And uh, God's brought this guy. We ran the streets together back in the day and uh, got, you know, made some bad choices. And um, he went through the program and went, God just, he just surrendered his life to Jesus. Uh, that's what it's all about. And God changed his life and uh, sent him to Chicago. And here they are. And it's good to have his family with us here Amen. as well. So God is good. God is into that business. Amen. Amen. Had another testimony this morning. Uh, of our brother Stanley George was telling me about his mom Penny who comes here from time to time she suffers from Crohn's disease and she had a heart problem she was in the hospital and uh, we begin to pray for her and just pray that God would touch her he told me today that her heart totally improved and the doctor said your heart has healed yourself and not only that but your Crohn's cell is gone I'm taking you off your, your medicine that's pretty big said, I'm taking you off your Crohn's. My doctor did. Now, you don't go off your medicine. You let the doctor tell you that. But a doctor took her off her medicine. She's home now. She's doing great. And God still does miracles today. Come on, somebody. Give God some praise. Isn't that amazing? I mean, God still believe in miracles. How many believe in miracles? God still does miracles today. He still does. He does miracles whether in healing or in salvation and transformation. And he does that through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the message here today, what we're celebrating is the power of the Holy Spirit coming into that upper room, and and the church was then started. And I loved it because they didn't just stay in the church. They just didn't have a Holy Ghost Pentecostal picnic, but they ended up getting out of the church. I mean, I've, I've seen it growing up in church. Many will come to church, even Pentecostals will come here and, and get, have a powerful service, get slain in the Spirit. God's moving. We get up off the ground. We go out. We act the same as we did when we came in. I do not think that's God. I think that's more flesh and tradition than it is God. When God gets into your life, he changes you. You get up off the floor when the Spirit of God gets into your life. Not just by the power of God, but the presence of God is what we got to learn to maintain and keep ourselves in the presence of God because the presence of God changes us. And he changes us from the inside out. How does he do that? He breaks addictions off of our life. He breaks habits off of our life. He heals our bodies. He does this through the Holy Ghost. And they watched this happening. They were, like, they were like, Peter, Pastor Peter, how do I get the Holy Ghost in my life? How, how do I get the Holy Spirit into my life? And he began to tell them what to do. And the first thing he did is, I'm going to give you these three things, these real quick that's in this chapter. These are three uh, principles that I have lived by for 22 years. And they work. They set you free. They're simple. They even all start with the letter H because that's what I do. And they're easy for you to remember. Now, you can add to them. I believe in growing in your faith. I've added to these three things. But if you want to see God really show up in your life and not just have a religious service, but have a, a life-altering encounter with God and watch God change your life, you're going to need these three things. Now, let me tell you what happened. This was a feast in the Bible. A feast. There were three feasts where the Jewish people had to come to Jerusalem and participate in. This was the Feast of Pentecost. Everybody say Pentecost. 
Penta means 50. It was 50 days from Easter. We are 50 days today from Easter Sunday. So all the Jewish people from around the world traveled to Jerusalem to honor God in this week of a feast called Pentecost, where they would celebrate that the trees were budding and they were going to give God the first for their harvest. Are you still with me? Don't get lost in the history. This is what's going on. So there's many, many people there, but many of them were just caught up in the celebration of the feast. So they would come to the celebration. They would do their church thing, but they would begin to go back to their own life. And God said, I don't want you to just come and have church and go back to your own life. I want to really change your life forever. And he did that by bringing the Holy Spirit. Yeah, thousands of people that estimate it could have been over a million Jews in Jerusalem during this time 2,000 years ago for the celebration. But there were 120 who were tucked away in this upper room. I've been to Israel. I've seen the upper room. It's even smaller than this, and they were jammed in there. For 10 days, they were just seeking God, praying, and fasting. You know, they were desperate for a change. Sometimes God can use your desperation. I said, sometimes God will allow you to get into a desperate mode. Because when you're not in a desperate mode, then you really won't seek after God. Hannah was so desperate that she said, God, I haven't had any children. And everybody else is having children. If you give me a child, I'll give him back to you and give him to the temple so he will be a priest forever. God said, ooh, I like that. And he gave her a son, and his name was Samuel. He ended up being the very first priest and prophet of Israel. That would have never happened if she wouldn't have been desperate. Can I tell you that God can use your desperation to relocate you and move you to a place that he's got for you? you got to just get desperate enough. The woman with the issue of blood, it wasn't until she got desperate enough that she got her miracle. So sometimes our problem is we're not desperate enough. And these people in Israel got so desperate because they got so tired of the culture. The culture was horrible. How many think our society's kind of jacked up? Well, you say, Pastor Eddie, that all sounds good, but man, them Jewish people 2,000 years ago, man, they didn't have it as bad as we got it now. I mean, we got this. You can't even pray in school. I mean, we got these bills, these legislations, these laws, all these things about abortion, the fight and the tension in our culture, the division, the racial tension, political tension. I mean, it's a mess. Sometimes you turn on the news and you get depressed. Let me know what I'm talking about. Well, I want you to just let me just read this quick little clip to you today because I love the Bible because the Bible isn't boring. If you think the Bible's boring, you're boring. The Bible is more relevant than you think. It's written 2,000 years ago, but it's not an old, ancient, archaic word, uh, a book, a collection of books that is outdated. It is for you and me right now in June in 2019. If we learn to read it and apply it to our life, it could change your life even right now. Let me just show you. This was one of our Bible school classes called New Testament Survey, written by Dr. Merrill C. Tenney. He describes Rome. This was what the early church had to experience every day when they woke up, you know, to let you know how the Roman culture was. And now there's resources available. You can Google Rome and, and actually watch and, and read the statistics for yourself how bad it was. But let me just give you a peek, and then, and then we'll just see what God does. But this was what the church had to deal with every day. He says that morality declined daily, and virtue was completely stifled. Society verged downward to indulgence and lawlessness. 
There were corruption in politics, debauchery in pleasure, fraud in business, and deceit and superstition had replaced religion. And it made life in Rome depressing for many and unbearable for the few. Human life was not valued at all. This was 2,000 years ago. Murder was frequent. Divorce was easy to obtain and generally accepted in society. The exposure of unwanted infants was a common practice, as illustrated in this well-known letter written by Hilarion, a Roman citizen, writing to his wife, Alice. He writes, this is an ancient letter we have from the Roman people, and so we kind of get a peek of how it was. Look what he wrote to his wife. He said, should you bear a child? This is his child he's talking about. If you, should you bear a child, and if it is a boy, let it live. But if it is a girl, if it's a girl, expose it. It was just common. If you had a child, if you wanted a boy, you could keep it. If, you, if it was a girl, you simply got rid of it. This is the culture of the early church 2,000 years ago. These Jewish people that everybody hated, they took their Messiah, hung him on a cross, and said, now what you going to do? But 120 of them said, is that the best you got? Is that the best you got? I know it's jacked up and tore up from the floor up, but I got a secret weapon, and he's called the Holy Ghost. I wish I had some people at 1130 at a river of life that knew what I'm talking about. So what they do, Pastor Eddie? Well, then you got to switch over to the Bible in Acts chapter 4. It says this, and when they had prayed. Well, well, well. I need something on an organ, I guess. When they had prayed. When they got depressed and ran and quit on Jesus and just started getting all turned up and said, forget this religious stuff, I'm going to go back out into the world. No, is that what they did? No. When they prayed, I'm trying to help us today. When they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with what? How many of them? How many of them? Black, white, male, female, young and old. How many of them? Were filled with what? And what happened? Come on, preach to the pastor today. What happened? I can't hear you today, Dan. What happened? They spoke the word of God. With what? Some of y'all praying over your meal. You're like this. I thank you, Jesus, for my food. (laughs) Some people are afraid to tell your coworker that you go to church. Your neighbor's been watching you go to some mysterious place for 12 years every morning on Sunday, and we still haven't had enough Holy Ghost. We want to have a Bible study, though, so we can highlight the Bible, so we can learn it in Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic, and Spanish, and every other language, and we can't even tell our neighbor that we love, that Jesus loves you. We can't even say no to the temptation and live a life of victory for people to see. What's our problem? The problem isn't you. The problem is you don't have the Holy Ghost working in your life. Somebody say amen or help me, somebody. But they had the Holy Ghost. That's what they said. They got into a big uh, circle and they grabbed hands and they said, listen, this culture is going down fast. But God is calling us to arise and shine. He's calling us to arise and shine. And And he's calling us to let the light of God fill our hearts. And so they begin to pray and God filled them with the Holy Ghost. Pastor Eddie, how you up there preaching for 22 years and set free from drugs and alcohol? Jeremy, how you been serving God for three years? How long you been serving God now clean and sober, brother? Three years. How's he doing, brother? I've, I've walked with him. You guys know him. He stood right here before. 
and is told a little bit of a story. He struggled. The enemy didn't want to let him go. You ever read it in the, when the Bible says when the children of Israel, going to give me some time today. I just feel it all over the place. When the children of Israel, right before Moses came and delivered them out of Israel to their promised land, the Bible says Pharaoh began to make him work harder. But he said the harder he, uh, he made them work, the more they grew and prospered. Can I tell you, right before your breakthrough, the enemy is going to just unleash every pit on, from the pit of hell to try to stop you. Why? Because you're that close to your breakthrough. Tell somebody, I'm keeping going. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Help me today. Help me, Holy Ghost. Is this good? And then he, the children of Israel were able to be set free. And that's what happened to our brother. That's what happened to so many of them, of us today. But the enemy has got to let you go and let you do what God's called you to do when you learn to walk and be filled with the Holy Ghost. So how do you host the Holy Ghost? What is a host? Some of y'all are going to go out to eat maybe sometime today if I ever let you out. And if you do, you're going to go to a waiter and a hostess is who you're going to see first. And they're just going to host you right to your table. They're going to sit you down. They're going to put a menu in your hand. Well, first they guide you to where you need to go, right? And then they sit you down. Then they put a menu in your hand. They got the right eating utensils there. Uh, why? They're preparing you for something to eat. And they're getting you ready. They're getting you in a season of preparation. That's what God is wanting some of us to do, to start opening up the door and welcoming the Holy Spirit into our life. I'm preaching better than you're shouting today. Welcome us in. Hosting the Holy Ghost saying, come on, Holy Ghost. You can come on in, into my life. I'm preparing to live for you for the rest of my life. And can I tell you something about the Holy Ghost? He does something we don't do. When we walk into the, to the restaurant, sometimes they'll say, is this okay? And you have the option to say, no, I'd rather sit by the window, please. And, and a hostess will do that. But can I tell you, when the Holy Ghost comes into your life, you can say, please sit right here and work on my husband. He'll say, no, I want to work on you first. I got to get that old nasty attitude up. Y'all don't want to hear no preaching today at 1130. Come on, Holy Ghost. I want you to sit down here and I want you to work on blessing me. Bless me now. Bless me coming in. Bless me going out. I want to hear that Deuteronomy. And he said, no, i got to work on that little attitude, that little unforgiveness, that little problem you got at 1230 midnight. You log on to a website that... I stepped in something right there. I don't, I don't know. The Holy, the Holy, you let the Holy Ghost in. He might mess some things up. What did Jesus do when he came? This is good. Isn't it, Jackie? This is pretty good. She drove all the way out to Taylor, from Taylor to be with us today. Drove all the way from Lansing. Right, brother? Is this good preaching? Is this the presence of God? Wasn't that worship awesome today? A church that's alive is worth the drive, ain't it, Billy? Ain't it, River Rouge? Good to have Bill with us back. Amen. It's the presence of God in this place that we need to just continue to, to foster in this place and continue to bless and say, God, just, just have your way in this place. But what, the whole, what did Jesus do when he first went to the temple? He went into the temple and he flipped over tables. He walked in and said, man, what's all this religious stuff y'all doing? You ever been to a church and it's a bunch of religious stuff? And, and it's like, what's going on? You know, and I understand when you come to the Christian life, you don't understand, like, today maybe you're with us for the first time and you took communion. And you're like, well, what's going on? What's this little cup? You know, and what's all that? You hang around. You need to work through it. You'll understand. Tell your neighbor you'll get it later. Did you learn your ABCs the first, or your multiplication the first time around? Some of y'all still don't know your multiplication. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> you got to hang in there with God. You got to hang in there with God. But Jesus came into the church. He said, I don't know what you guys are doing, but you're playing church. 
And he grabbed the tables and he flipped them upside down. And he said, man, you guys have turned this whole church idea into something it's not even meant to do. Can I tell you that we in America have made the church thing a religious thing? Jesus never came to start a religion. He come to meet people like Jeremy and LaDon and Melinda and me and Donovan and say, hey, man, I've known you your whole life, Dan. I've known you since you were born, and i got a plan and a purpose for your life. Let me into your life, and I'm going to use you. He planted this guy right here in Detroit as a fifth-grade school teacher. Every day, he goes and teaches our kids in the city of Detroit. And I love what Dan, he had me come out to the classroom, and I even got to meet him. And, he's, and you know what he, what he does? He said, I look at this like my mission field. This is my mission field. I said, brother, you're making a difference. Some of y'all got fifth-graders in your own home, and you can't put up with them. This brother goes on his own. I mean, I can do like that every day. What makes him do that? What makes everybody do what we do is because we're hosting the Holy Ghost. Oh, I'm going to get to these three things sometimes today. How much time you got? Got a staff meeting at 6, but we got pizza coming. Did you hear pizza? Someone's like, am I on staff? I hope so. I'm hungry. If you didn't get a notification, you know I need to be there. You can come, though. I mean, I don't know. First thing he said, y'all ready? Because I've been buttering you up for this, Terry. I've been getting them all happy because I'm about to drop something right now. You know what he said? The first thing you need to do, here's that H word, pow, holiness. Where's that at, Pastor? I didn't see no Peter and ain't no holiness. Oh, no, no, he said it. He said, repent. What's repent? I go to church, say I'm sorry to the priest every week. No, you're apologizing. It's the difference between saying I'm sorry and having something in your heart say, man, I am so sorry. I am going to tell you I'm sorry and then change my mind and not do it again. Would it make sense if I said, Tyler, this this is my future son-in-law right here, so I can do this. If I'm saying, I'm sorry, Tyler, I'm sorry for doing this, man. You forgive me? Sure. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, man. (laughs) Would you say I'm repentant? I mean, sometimes I've learned that if an 8-year-old can understand it, an 80-year-old can understand it. And Peter said, y'all coming to every feast. You're here at Passover. You're here at Pentecost. You get all in the, in the, in the whole celebration. Some of y'all even paint your face and have your kids run around. I mean, the Jews, would, they were fest, they're festive people to this day. And God said, I'm tired of you just playing your music. In the, in the book of Hosea, God said, I, he got so tired of the hypocrisy. He said, I'm going to plug my ears while you worship because you're worshiping with your mouth but not with your heart. And, and, and I really don't like that. He said, in fact, treat your spouse like that. That's in the Bible. You see, the Bible ain't boring. You're boring. God was like, I'm tired of y'all coming to this feast and just celebrating and getting your praise on. Like, this is how I fight my battles. I'm going to raise a hallelujah. But on the way home, you got Nelly dropping the beat. And you're talking about this and get with this girl. I got a little bit of Jessica on my side. I got a little Tina on my side. And the next thing you know, you're like, you're like God, I, how come I can't feel your presence no more? How come I don't feel that power that I felt in church? Why? Because you ain't got no holiness working through your body and in your soul and your spirit I'm trying to help them today so what's repent mean thank you for asking me repent is a Greek word that simply means metanoia you're going to learn Greek even when you come to river of life that's what I'm talking about it means to think differently to think differently to what how many be honest and say you struggle with change some of y'all guys had a completely different outfit on this morning. You came out and your wife was like, uh-uh. 
And you still, you, you probably did what I did. You came out and you kept the pants, but you changed the shirt. Come on, somebody, you know. Because you struggle with change. Sometimes God says, I need to move you over here because this is where God's plan is for your life. But you're like, eh, I don't want to go. I don't want to. And you end up, well, that was kind of a sweet little move right there, wasn't it? Everybody say change. change. I don't want to be funny. This is one of the most powerful truths you'll ever learn in Christianity is this repentance. It's a change of mind. When I was 25 years old, I said, God, I'm going to turn from my drugs and alcohol. And I prayed the prayer in jail. I prayed the prayer under my breath in the courtroom. I prayed the prayer every time I was in a hospital. Every time I walked away and staggered away from drunk driving and the car was wrecked. Every time I had guns pulled on us and we're running the streets and made it out of a shootout. One time these, these windows behind me at a house was breaking while this guy was down in the bushes. You've heard me tell these stories before. It looked like he was lighting a lighter. And I didn't know what he was doing. I stoned out of my mind on Saliette Street standing there and glass was breaking behind me. The guy's shooting guns that I'm just, we're standing there right in the middle of the shootout. I'm 23 years old just looking and just totally out of my mind. But God says, I got a plan for your life. And I believe to this day there was an angel standing there just going, them bullets ain't going to hit. Them bullets ain't going to hit. Because one day, one day he don't even know it, but he's going to surrender his life to me and I'm going to make him an ordained minister, stick him in the bell field, and he don't even know. I feel it, Katie. Y'all in the front row, you better amen me today. I feel wild today, but it's okay. That's what the Holy Ghost does. And I said, Jesus, I said, I'm going to change the way I've been doing business. I'm not going to be saying, God, I'm going to give you my heart if you can get me out of this one. I'm going to say, God, I said, I'm going to give you my heart even if you don't get me out of this one. Because I got to have enough faith. Somebody say faith. To believe you that even if you don't get me out of this situation, then you got a plan and a purpose for the situation. God's the only one that can give purpose to your pain. He's the only one. And until you discover God, you won't discover the purpose for your pain. You're going to let the pain make you bitter and angry toward God and get you away from God. But the moment you say, I have a change of mind, I'm going to repent and let God do what he wants to do in my life. He said, that's what I've been waiting for, Eddie. That's what I've been waiting for is for you to slide out of the driver's seat. And like the song says, Jesus, take the wheel, but do it for real. And say, here, God, take the throne of my life. Take my heart. Let your will be done. Holiness. I love Colossians 1.22. It says, and you, someone say, that's me, who were once separated and enemies, enemy. You are God's enemy. We're all God's children. Nope. The Bible says we have been adopted into the family of God. We are children of the devil. That's what Jesus actually called you. Imagine coming to his church in the morning. Good to have you with us, daughter of the devil. That's what Jesus said to the Pharisees. Then they said this, you are demon-possessed. <laughs> they did. They said, you are out of your mind. He said, no, you are of your father the devil because you do the things your father the devil does. But I'm in church. How you living? It's not about your belief. It's about your behavior. You get saved the right way, you'll live the right way. Somebody help me preach today. I said, if you really get saved the right way, you'll live the right way. But then how do you get saved? Repent and believe. I've been in church my whole life. I ain't never heard this. I heard somebody tell me that. I said, no, you've been going to the wrong church. <laughs> Actually, just open your Bible. 
It's right there. Jesus' very first message he's ever preached. I made it my first message when I got invited to preach at my uncle's church in Ecorse. My first time preaching on a Sunday morning because I just love Jesus. I wanted to be just like him. And I still want to be just like him. So I said, Jesus, what was your first message? In Mark 1.15, his first message was this, the gospel of the kingdom. Repent and believe. We can't skip repentance. We were alienated, and look what he does when we repent. No matter what you've done in, li- in your life, this is so beautiful. Jeremy, this is our scripture right here. Ladon, this is our scripture. You were once alienated. Watch what he does. But through the death and the body of his flesh, through death, he's able to present you holy. Everybody say holy. holy. And what? Amen. And what? And above reproach, even above reproach. I mean, that means when someone tries to accuse you of something, God says, nobody got you up here. You're above reproach. Ain't nobody can even talk about what you used to do because now you're a new person. You're a new Christ. Oh, come on, somebody. You're somebody new. You're above reproach. That's the holiness that God, God gives you his holiness when you repent of your sins. What's my part then? Your part is two things. One, to receive it. And then you got to stop there. We are in the Pentecostal church. I got to give you the next verse. Little word, big difference. If, if can negate everything I just said. Watch this. Alyssa, I'm going to give you a million dollars. Would that make you happy? If I had it. <laughs> Changes everything. I want you to see Paul's writing to Colossians. Who Colossians, the co- people in Colossae, they had this own doctrine that they can just come to a feast and then go back out and live the way they live. And he goes, man, what y'all trying to do? That's not the way Jesus, God sent his son to die for you. He's going to give you blamelessness. He's going to give you purity when you are so impure. He's going to give you holiness when you're not holy. The only thing you got to do is just continue in the faith. Steadfast, not moved away from the hope of your glory, of the gospel. Everybody say holiness. That's point number one. I got seven minutes to give you two more. I'm going to give them to you real quick. Humility is number two. And spiritual hunger is number three. Holiness Humility and hunger. That's the only three things Peter says in this chapter that you got to have. Where's humility? He said, every one of you be baptized. When you were baptized, that was a public display. That was you coming out of the closet. Some of y'all need to come out of the closet. Everybody else is. This whole month, people celebrating. Some of them need to go back. But I'm just saying, we need to come out of your closet. And when you got baptized... <laughs> When you got baptized, just say it. I'm just going to say it. When you get baptized, that was a public display. Everybody knew. When you put on, I have decided, you know, some people won't get baptized because they got pride. Pride is your biggest opponent to your destiny. Somebody get on Twitter real quick. Pride is your biggest opponent to your destiny. God has had a destiny. I was, I, was, I was designed and created and predestined to be a pastor and, a, and, to, and to walk with God. To be a man of God is my calling. Pastoring is just my assignment. Because I'm not always going to be a pastor, and I wasn't always a pastor, but I always will be a man of God. 
Your assignments may change, but your calling will never change. And we're all called to represent Christ, to influence others. We're called to make a difference. We're called to love God and serve people. Why? Because I'm at the right place today, I think, this morning. He, so he's, when you got baptized, that was, a public, that was something that you said that I'm publicly doing. My biggest opponent, reason why I didn't serve God is because of my pride. Pride, it's like uh, we have a propensity naturally against selfishness and sin. You ever be driving a car and you need an alignment? What happens when you need an alignment? You let go of the wheel and it just starts to go over here. And you hit your brakes and it really goes. You got to like fight it. That's your flesh. Your flesh don't want to do anything I've been talking about. Your flesh will go, amen, but when I get out of church... I'll raise a hallelujah on Friday night. Then I'm going to be raising it up. Hey! What's the matter? You need to get your butt in the garage and get an alignment done. That's pretty good, Annie Katie. You're going to put it on Twitter? Hashtag Pastor Eddie's on fire today. Come on, somebody. It's just a word. I'm just trying to help us today. That's why I love church, because when you come to church, it's like coming in the garage. Yep. I ain't got no overalls in Greece, but I will next Sunday if that's going to help y'all get really right with God. <laughs> I was a youth pastor. You don't even want to know what we did in that youth house for 11 years. Come on, Alyssa, Amber, y'all know. Did anything it took, Pastor Steve, you'd do anything, right, to try to relate this message to somebody. That's what Paul did. That's what Peter, that's what Jesus did when he told the parables. Man, he wanted the, you to get what he's saying. When you come into church, what's happening? Your alignment is getting straight. So, Y'all bent out of shape coming in church. And I love God because as you just start worshiping, he'll put a name right in your heart. Amen. You're like, what's that about? Yeah, you, you still need to forgive that person. So what do you do? You start singing a little louder. <laughs> come praise a little louder. Jesus, okay, I can wait till you're done doing the church thing. And then you wonder why this ain't working, that ain't working, the heavens are brass, ain't nothing coming in. Everybody right next to you, they're getting a breakthrough, but you ain't getting nothing. Some of y'all need to get in alignment today. We all need to get in alignment today. That's humility. You got to get your car, get it in there, and what happens, they got to take the tension off your bars, and they got, that's pride. Pride's got to get let loose so you're flexible, you're teachable. You're te- some people, you can't teach nobody nothing. Their head is as hard as I don't know. They don't have a teachable spirit. Paul had, or Saul in the Old Testament had that. This guy so prideful, he couldn't tell the boy nothing. And finally, God took his kingdom from him and gave it to David, a little shepherd boy who wasn't perfect, but man, he had a heart for God. He said, man, I may not have it all figured out, but man, I got a heart for God. I'm going to worship God even when I don't feel it. I'm going to worship God even when it don't make sense to me. Come on, y'all better stand or I'm going to go for another hour. We're running out of time. Come on. I'm not done preaching yet. Just having you stand. So we get the, so we get the blood flowing. Got to get that alignment done. Got to get that alignment done. Did I miss anything? Ever so much I missed. Missed the whole message. <laughs> Lastly is spiritual hunger. In that verse, I think it's 47, it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, prayers, fellowship, breaking of bread. In other words, they just didn't do it for a week. They continued steadfastly. 
for one year, two years, three years, Jeremy. 22 years, my mom and dad have been serving the Lord. How long? Forever. <laughs> Over 40. You got to stay hungry for God. You see how they worship? How long have you been serving God again? 40 years? Don't you get tired of don't you get tired of the song? Mom, how many times have you heard this? How many times have you been in church? You see how she worships? We have our grandma Priscilla in church. How old's grandma Priscilla? 91. You watch her over there when we sing, we sing hill songs. She grew up in the hymnals. We sing, we sing hill songs or Bethel. Everybody else is kind of looking around, checking Twitter. 91-year-old grandma will be over there lifting her hands. She will. Yes, she will. Her body's old, but she's hosting the Holy Ghost. <laughs> hey! Hey! That's how I want to be when I'm 91. I don't know about you. She can still drive, too. She says she don't because there's too many idiots on the road. <laughs> how do you go? How do you do that? By hosting the Holy Ghost. Live holy, man. Some of you need to clean up your home. Clean up your playlist. Clean up your heart, really. Clean up your heart and God will tell you what to get rid of and what to keep. I can't give you a list. We don't have it on the website. Songs you shouldn't listen to. That's dumb. I don't do that. It's going to birth legalism. You got God Almighty in your spirit. Everyone's got to be aware of what will awaken darkness in you. For me, I had to listen to nothing with a beat because everything with a beat, I was out there turning it up with somebody. And so I had, that's how I had to do. I had to detoxify my spirit. You may not come out of a life like that. Everybody said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Ask the Holy Spirit, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I be in this relationship? Should I take that job? Should I do this? Should I be with him? Should I be with her? Ask God. He's sitting there waiting. About time you asked me. No, run. We get into something six months later. God, what are you doing to me? Never told you to do that. Come on. That's right. I got to quit. It's hot in here. We've got a brand new AC. I don't know why it's not working. We'll fix it next week. Amen. How many's hungry? That's a trick question. How many's hungry for Jesus? Lift your hands to him right now, Jesus. Lord, I don't, we don't understand everything that you do and you have done, but I do know you left this story and you left the entire book of Acts for us today. And God, you told us the instructions of how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I pray right now, God, you help us. Fill us with your spirit right now. If you need to give your life to Jesus, just ask him to come into your heart right now where you sit. He can save you right now. I don't need to bring you up and the altar teams and all that. I can, right where you sit. Peter was preaching, and while he was preaching, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. We can have an Acts 10 right now. Ask him to forgive you right now where you sit, right where you stand. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. Come into your life and wash you and make you clean. If you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and get that wonderful prayer language, ask Him to fill you even right now. Ask Him to fill you right now, even in the name of Jesus.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Just ask Him to fill you. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Fill me, Holy Spirit, even right now. Let your spirit just fill me to overflowing right now. Come on, just begin to pray. Begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Begin to sing in the Holy Spirit. Begin to worship. Worship in Jesus' name. Lord, have your way. Fill me in this place. Fill us in this place, oh God. Fill me, Almighty God. Give me something from heaven, Lord. Make me new. Make me change me, oh God. I'll repent of my sins. I give you my whole heart today, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to sing. We're going to sing one more time. Come on, let's sing it. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.